What you figure out is the tactics. The tactics right. is what's ugly. It's okay. messy, it's not perfect. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, it's win the hour, win the day, and I am your host, Chris Ward. Today we have Isar Matis on the show. I am super excited. All right, now let me tell you a little about him. He's got a really interesting past. He has started up three companies. Now here's the thing, one of them went to $100 million. Now, being a very noble man, a noble entrepreneur, he often points out that one failed and the other, and he gives you the whole bio, but let's just be honest. We want to zone in on the fact that he was, a, was and is a roaring success, okay? Now, today, what he's going to do is talk to us about that and sort of how he's going to tie that business application into his whole perception on being a fighter pilot. So welcome to the show, Izar. As I stumble through that, I'm really excited to talk to you because I think these are really interesting things. Just the whole, you know, doing a startup and making a big success of it and selling it and then really tying it into something that, you know, we all sort of secretly admire and we see on TV and all that sort of the the structure and the business of the military and, and, and a pilot is just so in inundated with structure and you think, well, there's, there's a lot of parallels there. So start, where, where do we start? I ask you. Wow. Thank you. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm blushing. I hope most people are going to listen versus watch this because <laughs> they would see me blush, but there are many, many parallels between being a fighter pilot and being an entrepreneur. And the more you kind of grow into the entrepreneur world, the more you understand of how many things carry through from the process you've been through in the military. And, and I guess it's probably anywhere in the military. I think there's a few places where being a pilot kind of like sharpens a few more edges than mm. just doing any other thing in the military. Because you don't have fender benders in the sky, step one, right? Hopefully. Yeah. So, because so, what I want people to understand is, okay, maybe none of us, I, I assure you, I'll never be a pilot and I'll never be in a small flying vehicle. I do not understand that. I'd have to be unconscious. I really would. And then, you know, the people are airlifted out of accident. I'd be like, I don't know about that. But anyhow, so that part, what I want to talk about, is not going to necessarily relate to us, but I think the infrastructure in that is what's something that I see in so many things. I think anything really done well and with any structure relates to business, whether it's coaching a superstar or basketball team, whether it's being a pilot or so tie that into for us, you know, how you did that, you know, that company that you built up and sold, what were the skills that you transferred or sort of the backbone that got you there? Phenomenal. Great question. So I I think I'll start with one thing, which is sure. something you have to do in the military. And again, definitely as a pilot is focus and invest a lot of time in planning. Oh, and, good point. Okay. And so again, going back to the military part of things, you plan the mission 
on every aspect you can imagine because so many things can go wrong, right? So it's not mm -hmm. just planning the main path, it's planning the main path and trying to consider all the what ifs that could happen along the way. I mean, do we have enough fuel? Do we have enough time? What about the altitude you're going to fly? What about radar coverage? What about this? What about that? And you, you try to consider as many aspects of what might go wrong and what would you do in that scenario because you're not going to have the time to do a lot of thinking while you're in the air, while you're moving at <laughs> 600 knots. It's not, there's not a lot of time to think. So going back to the company, I was blessed with a very, very good team. But what we did before we started, so really I kind of inherited a existing situation in that business. And I came in, I'm like, okay, we got to change all of this. We got to rewrite the technology. We got to redefine the marketing. We got to basically start from scratch. But what we did is I took a bunch of guys who were in the know and we said, okay, we're not going to do anything other than think. And we sat down, we literally locked ourselves for a week in a hotel room here in Orlando, Florida, and just brainstormed what, what is it that we want to do? Where can we provide value? What changes can we make in the market? What is going to be different than what we're doing today? What are the biggest issues we see in our business and in parallel businesses that we can solve because we have the opportunity that we're starting from scratch. Okay, and so let me jump in there if I can. Let me unpack if I can. Because sure. I want to be really clear because we're walking down a path that can kind of get messy depending which way you lean, right? Sort of like driving a motorcycle and then you lean too far and you roll the bike. So on one hand, I think what I hear you saying is, look, what we don't want to be doing is we don't want to be in a position of constant reacting in a hysterical state. We don't want to be reacting. We want to be planning. And... It, there's so much I want to talk about on that one. But the other thing is too, though, entrepreneurs have been known to over plan and use that as a distraction to delay action, right? So I want to be careful because if we don't sort of qualify that, all of a sudden we're giving somebody permission to work on the, whatever their project is for the next six months trying to get it perfect and they get it out to the marketplace and it just flops because they didn't have any you know, feedback from their ideal client or anything like that. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? For sure. Uh, first of all, it's funny, you, know, you and I kind of planned this in advance. So I kind of knew the topic. So I have a whole document prepared with bullet points. And one of the bullet points that I wrote up on top that I didn't say is, I'm gonna say a few things that may sound contradicting. Mm. Like what you just said. I'm like, plan, yeah. plan, plan, but yes, go out there and do the thing. Right. There's one important, and I was trying for myself to explain this because I'm a very big mm -hmm. believer in starting ugly and just doing things and figuring it out mm -hmm. as you go. But I think there's two distinctions that I, that I have to make. Okay. One is on the difference between being an F-16 pilot and being an entrepreneur. When you're an F-16 okay. pilot, it's literally life and death. Yeah. Either yours or the people you're throwing bombs on, you want to make sure you throw them okay. on people. <laughs> You Thanks. really want to make sure you hit the right target. Like it's not, uh, you know, 95% success rate is not a good thing if you're an F-16 pilot. Uh, it's phenomenal if you're an entrepreneur. So that's one thing. But the other thing is... That does also put everything we're doing right now. Everybody, whatever you're doing today, that has now put it in perspective. Do you really think you have a problem? No. Okay. Awesome. Go on. <laughs> so the other thing is really, I think, the difference between strategy and tactics. Mm. And really, that was me thinking in preparation for this. I think you have to 
understand the strategy. You have to define a strategy as well as you can that has a good chances of success on the entrepreneurial world. What you figure out is the tactics. The tactics right. is what's ugly. It's okay. messy. It's not perfect. The product is not there yet. It still has bugs. I don't have a clue how to stand in front of a camera. I never press record on a podcast. My sound quality sucks. Uh, the, the landing page I did is not per- like, yeah, this is all tactics. Okay. But if you know the strategy, if you're saying, okay, right. what am I bringing to my market, to my potential clients that does not exist today? Or, or maybe it exists today, but I'm bringing some additional value and that's why they should work with me. That is where you have to figure out in the planning. That is a beautiful distinction. And I'm really, I'm, you know what? It's very simple. And I constantly say in the show, anything, well, I think anything done well looks simple, right? When you see somebody doing something Olympic, you know, flipping from a diving board, landing 40 times, and you're like, oh, they made that look so easy, right? Bend over and touch your toes while you're eating your chips, watching this game, whatever. Um, I think that's beautifully said because you're right. That's where people they keep almost thinking it's two lanes of a highway and they keep going back and forth. But that's a really important distinction between strategy versus tactics. So I want to think out my strategy and take some time on that. But the tactics, we can't get caught up in the details and the technology and giving us an, a really beautiful reason for delay and distraction. Okay, that's well said. Everybody write that down. Boys and girls, strategy versus tactics. Okay, continue my wise friend. Thank you. So... I think the next point, which is very relevant is, and it ties exactly to this last point, so it's a great segue, is practice makes perfect. Well, not really, but it does mm. make you better. Meaning, yes. And that goes back to the start ugly, but it also goes back to the Air Force. You need to remember that the live mission in the Air Force, the one you actually go and do over enemy lines, happens after three, four, five years of daily training. Right. So you do start ugly. You start off, you don't yeah. even know how to take off and land. Right. Right. And then you slowly get more and more skills. And so that ability to say, I'm going to start not knowing a lot of how it's going to look like, but I'm going to invest in myself, in my business, in my team, and, and figure out how to get better uh, is critical. And, and so it doesn't make perfect, but it makes you better over time as you keep on reiterating things that you're doing. Yeah. And you know what? That made me think of a couple of things. You know, I'm all about the win team, creating your what is next team. And when you talk about your team and you talk about repetition, I'm always talking about when you create a win team, it's not just about leveraging your time so that you can be creative and get more work done, less time and all that stuff, but it becomes the infrastructure and the backbone to what I call toolkits for your businesses. Other people call processes and stuff. So there's the toolkit. And now that we have this mighty pilot on the show, it, it reminds me of, you know, Sully, I, I'm sure you're familiar with him, the pilot that landed the plane in the Hudson river. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. And so what I always explain to people, cause everyone thinks their business is different. Like, Oh, you don't understand my business. Is is different. I don't have time to go through steps and stuff, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, when they were up in the air and they had like, I don't know, I think it was uh, whatever, 120 seconds or something, decide what to do. They, you know, they had a process they followed. Is this done, done? Check, check, check. Okay, great. Well, we've eliminated all the regular stuff. So now we need to go to a creative solution. But not only did that potentially save all their lives. And, and this is fascinating to me. So bear with me if I, I digress for a second. No, for but sure. what I didn't understand too, is those two pilots never flew together before. Right. And they had like 
hundreds of thousands of flying hours and stuff. But imagine going to court with two lawyers that you never had worked together or a championship game with two coaches that never worked together. But they're relying on that process and they reacted and then said, okay, boom, 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 that's great. So now we move on to, we have to be creative with the problem solving. And not only that, I assure you, we live in a world where if you know anything about anything, everybody's looking for a liability. And they tried that on him too. They're looking to, you know, did the pilot make a mistake? Can we blame him in the news? Can we charge him? Was it the manufacturer of the airplane company? That's even when everybody lived, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, an yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine when the plane goes down. I mean, that's an extreme example, of course, but it relates to, uh, you know, we can't, we think everything we do is so do and die in our business. And now you're talking about, you know, being in a plane and all these split second decisions. So, so I think it's also not only all the practices in play, but the infrastructure that you're building out as you become better at those things. Uh, you, it's amazing because you literally went to the next point on my list and I have these bullet points. So you, you it's I, a God given gift. I have. Did I send this to you? Like, are you reading in my computer? Like, I don't know. This no, we're just in sync. We, we, we just are. are. No, it's phenomenal. We're connected. Yeah. Uh, so, but really, what one of the things that practice enables you to do, so doing things again and again and again based on a process, yeah. it enables you to make decisions, good decisions, yeah. with limited amount of information, which is yes. something you have to do while you're doing military missions but you also have to do it as an entrepreneur because things happen and I don't care how much you plan and yeah. I don't care how much you rehearsed and I don't care. The world is a pretty big place with a lot of variables and yeah. things change and you have to react. And those who can make the right decisions with limited amount of information end up coming up on top because everybody has surprises. Nobody, nobody has a business where everything is smooth yeah. all the time. Never happens. Now, rarely you have 126 people behind you and you need to land a plane yeah. on the Hudson. That doesn't happen to a yeah. lot of people. But dealing with uncertainty of like, oh, it's COVID. I cannot open my restaurant for the foreseeable future. So mm. there's two options. I declare bankruptcy or I figure out how I deliver. Mm -hmm. So there's, I mean, every one of us that is, has been in business for a while goes through a few big hops in the roller coaster before things starts moving in the right direction. And even then you never know. So I think being able to figure out the things that make your business work and be able to make decisions in real close to real time based on limited information and make smart decisions is critical for the success of the business. So let me tie in my pun. What you're saying is we want to be able to do some of it on autopilot so that we can be creative. And, and that's, I've been waiting five minutes just to say autopilot people here. It actually, <laughs> it meant something here for the first time. Yeah. So I think what happens is, and I tell people this all the time, is you don't realize you are caught up in being a very expensive employee of your own business. And so you're caught up in the, the cobweb of the admin part. And by virtue of that, then you don't have any room for creative thinking or output or, you know, what's your next, you know, decision so you can make more money less time when you talk about that but when you're talking about being a like i'm let me 
let me explain to you what it's like to be like a, fi a fighter fi a pilot. I can't even say it. So when you're talking about something that significant and important, what you're saying is, look, it better be like tying your shoe because when the time comes that you have to make a decision, you have to have the clarity and the calm of mind that you're not checking redundant stuff. Brilliant. It's exactly okay. that. So, okay. you know, when, when they teach you in the beginning, and again, you can connect it to any basic skills in business, all the repetitive things mm -hmm. you're talking about, they teach you how to take off yeah. and fly a circuit and land the plane. And then they teach you how to fly formation. And then, it, but all these things have to become second nature because that's not what combat flying is about. Mm -hmm. This has to be kind of like the back, the back yeah. office of your brain takes care of all of that. You need to think about the mission. You need to think about yeah your surrounding. And it's the same exact thing in business. And I love the way you put it. You need to automate and outsource and move aside all the things that are obvious that can be structured so you can focus on the things that are not, because yeah. that's where you bring the business grows and yeah. brings value is when you don't do the day-to-day -day things that everybody else knows how to do. Yeah. Because uh, your, your mind is meant to create things, not to remember things. So that's yeah. hugely important. And I think, I think anything done well at the end of the day, I think there is a business structure in play. You know, whether it's sports or the music industry, or even sometimes I'll see something on TV where a celebrity has a scandal of some sort. I'm not interested in the salaciousness of that. What I do watch, though, is how they come back out with the PR and how they handle it and get ahead of it and control it. And I'm always interested, oh, here's a business tactic in play. This is what they're going to do, right? So yeah. I think anything done well, and especially the military, where it is so based on, on, on processes and systems, you know, what, taking the emotion out of it and the combat and all the, the horrors of it. But the infrastructure, it's a very large, you know, business at play. So, so yeah, no, it's profound stuff. Go ahead. Continue us. Continue to impress us with your wisdom. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hope I'm impressing somebody. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the next thing is really focus. So mm. it's mm -hmm. very, very easy to get distracted. It's very easy yeah. to get distracted because there's so many things happening in our lives but it's very, very critical when you're doing something, do that something. Yeah. And I, there's, by the way, a brilliant book uh, called Indistractable versus Indestructible. Mm -hmm. So from the word to be distracted versus destruction. Um, and it's a guy named Nir Eyal. He's the guy that wrote the book. And he talks about how we're constantly distracted. Not only... Mm many of the biggest businesses in the world today built their business around distracting us. If you think about Facebook or Google or all the things, they have trillions of dollars invested in getting us off of what we're doing to be stuck in their platform. Have so, you been watching The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No. Oh, it's all about that. I shouldn't. Yeah. I probably no, no, shouldn't well, then. <laughs> I, I actually don't mind it. Some people find it really scary. I think they do a beautiful job of articulating what it's meant to do, which is really what you and I have been saying for quite some time. And so I won't walk people through it. Check it out. But I think it's well articulated. Um, but one of the things for interesting for me is, see, I don't have any alerts on my phone. I do not get notified when I get an email or Facebook or anything like that. So if I get into a bad habit of checking because I'm looking to see if a post is doing well, that's one problem. But at least I'm not on a digital caller of being stimulated by, oh, what's that beeping going on? So you're right. There's so many devices around us and they're growing. People have got apps for, oh, I have to have a glass of water once an hour. I'll put that app in. It'll change my lifestyle. And, you know, the 
Fitbit, how many steps have I been taking? And I'm not saying that some of these things don't have a beautiful place and are helpful, but I really find too, if you're really into fitness, you know, you're taking it more seriously. You don't need to count your steps. You're, you're doing something about that. So I think all these things ultimately, you're right, are fancy distractions. And yeah, anyhow, I, I digress, but because I'm all about attention residue and decision fatigue and how it wears the brain down. Like that's a big part of productivity. So I could write, I could literally write a whole book on that one. So I'm all, you I'm have, all about. You have right. written a book about it, but it's like. Well, I want to write the second one even more about it. I, I want to highlight that because people don't, people think they're not, they, people think they're focusing when they're not, Right. So, oh, I can talk to you and answer this text at the same time, you know, and I just stopped talking, but I think the definition of focus, people are so confused what that means now. They don't understand. So I'll, I'll say two things about, about this. Yeah. One, I, I really like when I interview people to ask for examples. So I will give yeah. you examples of what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and two different examples, one on a very high level and one on the day-to-day -day level. On the very high level, when I was running that company you were talking about, my focus as a CEO of a company was, and now I'll use a pun intended from the military world, 30,000 foot down to the weeds. Right. 30,000 foot down to the weeds. 30, now, and what I mean by that is I would divide my days in a very conscious way. Okay. Between sitting with one of my team and sometimes even two or three levels down where there was something I really needed to dive into and focusing purely on that small thing. This could yeah. have been, are we changing the format of our newsletter and saying, why does the CEO of a hundred million dollar company care? Because I cared. I didn't do the thing. I didn't write the email, yeah. but I yeah. wanted to understand the logic behind it. I wanted to understand what's the process. I wanted to understand, did they consider the ripple effect of that one thing that they think that they're changing yeah. because that ties to that automation, that ties to that campaign, that ties to this thing on the website mm -hmm. and the call center and like, so I would dive in. And when I yeah. would do that, again, nothing comes in. When this meeting goes on, there's no emails, there's no phones, there's no nothing. Yeah. And then I would lock time for myself, a meeting on the calendar that nobody can yeah. grab to go back to, okay, I'm running a $100 million company. Yeah. What is it going on on the high level? Who do I didn't talk to for too long? Or what's kind of like the next thing in our strategy that we planned six months ago, kind of where we are. So you have to divide your attention to very specific tasks. And when you do focus on the task, don't try to do five things at once because you end up doing a pretty lousy job on all five of them. I tell people all the time, if you, when you do more than one thing at a time, you're just doing two things poorly. Multitasking is doing more than one thing at a time poorly. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. So we've got a couple minutes left. What are some final things that we really need to sort of understand when we are running our business? I, the last thing that I wanted to mention that is really critical and I think is the most important thing. And that's why I kept it to last. So thank you for the time. Uh, Wait for the buildup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm serious. It's debriefing. Okay. And when you, when you're an F-16 pilot, you, learn, you not learn, it becomes your nature, not your second nature, your first nature to debrief everything you do, how you park the car, how do you talk to your kids? How did yeah. you do the meeting at work? How did you plan the, me the next meeting over? What was on the uh, strategy that happened? Like everything, you debrief everything. And what that does 
it, it does a few things. First of all, it forces you and over time your team as well to admit your mistakes out in the open. It's not a human nature thing to admit our mistakes. We try to hide our mistakes from ourselves and from the rest of the world. But as you become a debriefing machine, the most logical thing for you is to say, here's what I've done wrong. Why? Because then you, and again, over time, your team as well can take notes and can take mental notes, not to repeat the same mistakes again and again and again, because if you didn't say it was a mistake, you will most likely do it again. So, and that's something again, that in the air force, you just do every sortie, every mission, every turn, every landing, every takeoff, every maneuver. If you keep on debriefing things in your head, you keep on writing things down. You keep on recording things with video and audio. So you remember them afterwards and you take again, mental notes. You make it a process in your head to take these mental notes. And when you can apply this to a business, it's magical because it means the business keeps on making better and better and better decisions and processes because you don't repeat the mistakes that you've done last time because you admitted them and recorded them. Yeah. And I think I want to clarify here because there is a big difference between debriefing and beating yourself up. Right. And I think for me as well, because so many entrepreneurs just go right to beating yourself up. So it's not about admit to me. It's not about admitting the mistakes because everyone, I find a lot of entrepreneurs will do that and then some, right. But what I think what you're saying is really important. I know we do that all the time is it trains, it trains my team then to understand that what we're doing first is looking at the process or the toolkit and we're tweaking that. So then it takes the, the, blame game out of it and everyone's not defensive because we're always debriefing like okay oh that mistake was made and i'll say oh well you were confused because that was confusing and when we go through it together i realize oh i can see now why you didn't get that right let's change the process no problem and it really i know even for me yesterday we had a meeting and normally I'm a recovering rushaholic. So normally I will not do things if I'm rushed because it just makes me impatient. And it's just not how I want to be really mindful of the energy I bring to the room. So yesterday there was a situation where I wanted to cover something important, but I was, time was a little bit compressed. And afterwards, one of them spoke to me and said, okay, Chris, uh, you, you were rushed, but it sounded like you were yelling at those two new people. And I was, because I was like, okay, you got to get this done, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I came back today and I said, okay, we've got extra time for the meeting today because yesterday I was rushed and that did not come off the way I wanted it to. And they were so impressed that I, I was like, no, no, I am very flawed. And, and then it's not like a parental thing. You're the parent, they're the child. And when you're in a good mood, everything is great. I'm like, okay, so I've learned my lesson. I won't do that again. But I think anything done well, again, does have debriefing. Another, you think all I do is watch TV, but last year I was watching the Netflix on Formula One about race car driving, which yeah. I would have thought in all the world I'd have no interest in because there are cars going around a circle I did not get. But when you watch, it's done so well with the business aspect of it and the debriefing and the machinery and the technology and the, just the infrastructure, you just learn so much about business and how powerful the debriefing is. You're, you are incredibly right. It, it really then gives you the constant you know, improvement of slight edges, which really allows you to soar. Aha, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I'll say one last thing that you, okay. you touched on right now. We actually kind of like is... Uh, yeah. Is, you know, the silver lining in a lot of things that we said is a, is a team. You, you just can't. Mm. I mean, people think, no. oh, you're an F-16 pilot. You're alone in the aircraft. Yes, you're alone in the aircraft. 
you always fly in a four ship formation. You always have uh, at least one controller supporting you in the mission. You would have a fueling airplane. You would have other. So you cannot, you cannot run. It's, it's not that you cannot. People do it, but it's very, yeah. very rare that yeah. you can run a business on your own, grow it, and be extremely successful on your own. And the trick is, and again, I'm, I'm glad you brought in the mechanics. I don't have a freaking clue how to open a single panel in an F-16. Yeah. But without the people knowing how to do that, I cannot yeah. fly. And it's yeah. the same exact thing in the business. You got to hire people that are better than you, better than you in yeah. as many things as possible. And some people yeah. feel intimidated by that. But I'm like, yeah. hire people that are better than you in as many things as possible because the overall energy and synergy of the business grows time folds when you do that. And it's the same exact thing in the Air Force and it's the same exact thing in a business. And that's kind of like the last thing. Well, good note to end on. And I always say I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I, I think I'm reasonably bright, but I'm surrounded by brilliance. So if I'm the dumbest person in the room, I am the, in the right room. Exactly. Thank you so much again, Isar. We really appreciate it. It was a dynamic conversation. And uh, we're going to look at fighter pilots in a whole new eye now. Ah. And see them in some, in some over-processed movie where they're being dramatic and it's all flawed with any kind of truth. But we'll think of you. And let us know where people can reach you. So people can find me on many different places. Uh, I am, uh, the, my website is theetribe.com, E for entrepreneurship. So you can find me okay. over there. You can find me on Isar Metis with uh, any platform you go to. So I-S-A-R-M-E-I-T-I-S. I'm the only one like that that I've found so far. So if you <laughs> yeah, go on yeah. LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you, you will find me there. That's probably the two places you'll find me the most. I, I'll, do, I'll do more than that, you know, because I, we talked about so many interesting things and books and tactics and systems. I'll put up a landing page specifically for your listeners okay. uh, with like links to some of these specific things that we talked about. So if you go to theetribe.com forward slash win, for win the hour, win the day. So it will be easy okay. to remember. So just forward slash win. I'll put some goodies over there so your listeners can find. Well, who's the man? You are. All right. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your input. We appreciate you. And until the next episode, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Hey, entrepreneurs, want to build your business? Then you need to build your team. It's super easy and very affordable. Go to comingsoonfromchris.com to get on our waiting list. That's comingsoonfromchris, K-R-I-S, dot com.